Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, good morning again. <laughs> My privilege to bring the word this morning, and we are continuing our theme on grow. Everybody say grow. 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 That's right. And God's designed us, and He's His desire for you and I is to grow. And we see that biologically, we see that mentally, socially, emotionally. God is always wanting us to grow and he's designed us to do that. That we grow from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. God is the God of increase. Paul said that someone will plant, another would water, but God will give the increase. There's a massive implication that God is all about growth. And so this morning, my title, if you want a title, is Knowing, Showing, Growing, and Going. You may say, you know, it's like knowing, showing, and growing for your going. Because there's a place that God has called you to go to. And it may be that plan, it may be that dream. But there's a place that God has called you to go to. And Jesus talks about going. He said, I send you, therefore go. He told his disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise, the helper, the Holy Spirit. He told the, the disciples before he ascended to heaven to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's a place for your going, but before the going takes place, there must be a time of knowing, showing, which would determine your growing. And you may ask, does it always have to rhyme? <laughs> but not all the time, and that's fine, and I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Number one is knowing. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the knowledge, you grow in the grace. And I loved when Pastor Jeff spoke one morning, and I think it was at Sebastiano and Rashida's wedding. He made a point when to grow in grace is to grow, grow in having the unusual response. That's what grace is like, to give the unusual response in a situation. Grow implies that it's possible not to grow. Growing in the grace, the grace of God is his strength, his ability, his talent that he gives to you. Grow in that. Grow in that promise that God has given to you. Grow in God's favour. Even Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom and in favour with God and favour with man. What's that? The grace of God. And grow in the knowledge. What's the knowledge? It's growing in his word, understanding his word, but not only understanding his word, but applying his word. The application of the instruction of the full counsel of his word will enable us to grow. Peter put it like this, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire his, the milk of the word. Because when we, when we drink the milk of the word, we're going to grow strong teeth that helps us sink into the meat of the word. So we go from meat, from milk, to eating the steak of the word. 
We're talking about grow this morning. When I was younger, our family, Samoan family, we, we always go to church. We had to go to church. And um, if you didn't go to church, you pretty much soon wish you had gone to church, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but I, I honoured that because my parents, regardless of how I felt, they made a promise. They made a promise to God that they would raise us up in church. And I'm grateful for all those times. We went to church and I loved Sunday school. I learned how to colour in. I learned how to cut out disciples and stick them on um, felt. Yeah, the green thing. <laughs> yeah. And another thing we did was we sang a song that I'm sure a lot of you guys would probably remember the song. And it's um, read your Bible, pray every day. Anybody know it? Okay, let's prove it. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Come on. And you grow, grow, grow. And you can get that high. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow. So much truth in that Bible, in that, in that song about the Bible. It sound really good. I've, I'm just overcoming a flu, so um, <laughs> good cover, good excuse. But amen. Well, the second verse to that goes, um, neglect your Bible and don't pray every day and you will shrink, shrink, shrink. So the second part, tells us how not to grow. So God has designed us to grow, but if we want a quick recipe of how not to grow, forget about reading your word. Forget about praying. Forget about fellowshipping with one another. If we don't want to grow, we will shrink, shrink, shrink. But praise God, I know we all read our Bible every day, and we pray, pray, pray. In Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, excuse me, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but... Let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows God. So important that we understand and know God. To know in the Old Testament is an intimate term, to know. To know is an intimate word and it, it speaks of relationship. It speaks of proximity. It speaks of closeness. It speaks of our relationship and our fellowship with God. If anyone glories, let him glory in this, that you understand and that you know God. And through that, we get to know who we are by knowing whose we are, as they say. Knowing God is intimate. It's having an intimate relationship with God, so much so that we're so close in proximity to him 
by reading your word and praying every day that we get to know and recognize his voice. John 10 talks about my sheep know my voice and I am known by them. How crucial is it for us to know and understand God, to be intimate with God in terms of our relationship, to stay close to him. Amen, church? To stay strong and, and really doing everything we can to grow, to grow and grow and grow as opposed to shrink, shrink, shrink. So knowing, there are some things that we are to know. But you know, to know is not enough. Knowing the Bible is one thing, but showing the Bible is another thing. So number two is showing. Matthew 5 and 16 says, In the same way, let your light, let your light shine before others, that they may see, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There are good works that you can do, but it's one, it's one thing to share the gospel and tell people, and that's what we're called to do, and that's powerful. But I know times when it's more effective if I show them the gospel, if I show them by actions. You know, they're saying, um, I think it's by Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, but only use words if necessary. Meaning our actions speak louder than words. So what are we showing? What are we showing that we are knowing? So it's not just enough just to know God, but it's to understand him and to reflect him. Around the world, um, you can see different types of images, images that people um, portray. Growing up, uh, I was into like reggae. So some people would wear rusted jerseys. They were black and they had the rusted colours going right through the middle. We had rusted beads. I had other friends that were punks. They had like funky coloured hair and, and they had all these different things. It's the hip-hop culture. There's all these different images that people see. But the image that people need to see in you and I is the image that we are created in. And that's the, the image of God. That we are to reflect the image in which we are created in. Let people see God in and through you. It's one thing to hear the gospel from you, but it's another thing to let them see Jesus in you. Let them see the light. Shine your light before men so that they will see your good deeds. They will see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. One thing to know, another thing to show. Along the same vein as hearing the word and doing the word. Very simple word this morning, family. We are called to display fruit. From the seed, the time of the seed is unseen. But then the time of being fruitful is being seen. What fruit can people see in your life? Jesus talks about the good tree is known by its fruit. What fruit can people see in your life? Are you displaying the fruits of the Spirit? Goodness and joy, kindness, things like that. It's a real challenge to take inventory of our own lives and say, what are people saying about me? What are people seeing? 
Are they seeing me or are they seeing Christ in me, the hope of glory? We are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It implies that we have such great potential to become all that God has called you and I to be. If we are born again with the seed, incorruptible seed of the word of God inside of us, we need to continue to doing what we're doing now to take time to water that seed, feed that seed that will one day meet a need. Fruit of the Spirit or works of the flesh. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We have the Spirit of the God inside of us. Now we can display the Spirit of God. A few verses before that, it talks about the works of the flesh, something which is opposite. Whatever we feed the most will determine what kind of fruit we are displaying. Continue to feed on the Word. Continue to read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. That sounded all right, eh? <laughs> Can I join? <laughs> so we are, James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. James 2, 15 to 19. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. In other words, I will display my faith not by what I say, but by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe. It's one thing just to believe and receive and then to, to share, which is awesome, but that's half the equation. The world needs to see Christ. The world needs to see the light being shined in and through you. They need to see Jesus and not us. John put it this way, that he must increase, I must decrease. More of him. Like hearing this morning Jeremy saying, we need more of you, Lord. More of you. Less of us. Let the unseen, that's God, let the unseen be the most seen in your life, especially in the part of your life that is unseen. That's where you're going to grow in character and in integrity. So let God be the most seen in all that you do, all that you, you say, and all that you think. Showing. First Timothy 4, 12 to 15. Let no one despise your youth, because we are all youth, guys, we're all youth. But be an example, but be an example to the believers in word and in conduct. Not just in word only, in word and in action. The world doesn't really want to hear the preaching. They want to see it. That's why we, you know, we're on this journey to practice what we preach. The word preach, 
Even within that word preach is the word reach. And to re-reach them with our actions. Not just the words only. We preach the words, but we reach the words. And even inside that word reach is the word each. Because Jesus died for each of them. So each of them needs to be reached by what we do. And what we say is how we preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word in season and out of season. Preach it with your actions. Your actions will do the reaching to get each and every person saved in this whole world. That's why we're here. We're here on a rescue mission. Operation Rescue. To populate heaven. Amen. All of you are called. Those callings and those promises on your life, they're irrevocable. They're not for you. It's to get through you so others will be blessed. You're born again with the incorruptible seed. That's crazy powerful. The potential to become who you are is just beyond our comprehension. To challenge us to grow, grow, grow. 1 Peter 2.12 Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. Let people see Jesus. What are you showing that you are knowing? We've got to live the balanced life. Not just conversing and just doing it, but knowing and showing. Not just knowing, but we've got to show what we know, which will determine how we grow, which will impact and empower where we go. So number three is growing. Number one is knowing. Number two is showing what you're knowing, which will determine your growing the gospel is being preached right throughout the world and has been for centuries. We are recipients of the gospel in the 20 and the 21st century. And it's still going. And it's still growing. The kingdom is advancing. The word is being preached, that's why. And the world is being reached by the actions of believers. Acts 17 and verse 6. I don't think I have it up there, guys. It talks about Paul and Silas. Acts 16 is when Paul and Silas were in prison. They were in the midnight hour and they praised God and the angel broke them out. Then later on, they continued to preach the gospel. They were preaching it to the point where Jew, Jewish people and Romans were both getting saved. The Romans didn't like this. And Paul and his companions went and stayed at Jason's house. How many of you knew that Jason was a biblical name? They stayed at Jason's place. People went there because they didn't like... People went there to look for Paul and his companions because they didn't like what they were preaching. And these people reported to the council and they said, these guys, these guys are turning the world upside down with what they are preaching. They are preaching a king called Jesus. And you can read that in the book of Acts 17, around verse 6 to 8. These guys have a reputation of turning the world upside down because they, were, they are teaching something that to the world seems upside down. 
But what they are doing, they are preaching what Jesus told them to do. And because of that, you know, they're actually turning the world right way up. The ways of the word are different to the ways of the world. Isaiah 55, 8 and 11. Isaiah 55, 8 to 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. That's pretty high. That's a big gap from the heavens to the earth. How much more are his ways so much higher than our ways? I'm making the point that there's a massive difference between how we are to live in, in line of the word to how the world lives or perceives the word, Christians. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, I don't always do that, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower, bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve, the purpose for which I sent it. God's ways are so much higher than our ways. We need his word to know his way. When we know his word, we know his way, and his way would direct us to know his will. To know his word is to know his ways. That's why we've got to read our Bible, pray every day. Why? So we can know his ways. When we know his ways, we'll know his will. Paul put it like this. Don't conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he goes, that you may know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When our mind is full of the word of God and it's coming out through our actions, we know his word, we know his ways, and we know his will. We're always praying, Lord, let me know your will. His will will always line up with your word. Whoever that was for this morning, that promise, that purpose, that calling, will always line up with the word of God, which will confirm it to be his will. His ways are higher than our ways. So he's talking about his ways are so much higher, his thoughts are so much higher. Rain, you know, geography, I love geography. I did uh, year 11 geography. Wasn't that good, but I loved it. Talks about rain being called precipitation. We all, yeah, I'm trying, to, trying to sound smart now. These big words. <laughs> so precipitation is like a cycle. He said, as the rain comes down, and does not return to the sky without first making, um, bringing, making the seed flourish. So too is my word. So it's like the precipitation that falls, the rain. And then infiltration into the soil. And then there's evaporation. And then there's condensation. And then the weight of the water cools because hot air rises. And then it forms clouds. Coalition. And then it begins to rain again. So you see, the rain does return to the heavens, but it doesn't return without first giving water to the ground. 
so too is his word. His word is exactly the same thing. But instead of precipitation, evaporation, and infiltration, it's more revelation information called impartation because of revelation, which purpose is to bring transformation in your life. That's the purpose of his word, to read your Bible, pray every day. It comes out of his mouth, but doesn't return without first accomplishing that which it was sent. The rain is sent to flourish and bud. The word is sent to flourish and bud. Every single family and individual here, his word is sent to bring life and to cause fruitfulness in the call and the purpose that God has for you and I. His ways are so much higher. God's word will cause us to grow. And we know this. Amen. So we're talking about growing now. The Bible, I shared this at an evening service one time. The Bible was full of these uh, paradoxes, kind of like oxymorons. A paradox is pretty much two ideas, two contradicting ideas, or two opposite words that mean one thing. And the Bible was full of them. A paradox um, example is like bitter sweet. Small crowd. It's opposites, but they say one thing. Living dead. Growing smaller. Original copy. Crash landing. Devout atheist. And of course, this one does not apply here. Pretty ugly. <laughs> does not, I said, I said it does not apply here. So these are examples of what a paradox or an oxymoron is. Oxy meaning sharp, moron meaning dull. So sharp, dull. And the word of God is like that. I think the first paradox that my dad taught me was cruel to be kind. You're a funny man. In the Bible, it has paradoxes too. We're talking about the ways of the word are different to the ways of the world. The principles in the Bible are like to get is to give. To live is to die. To find your life, you must give it away. To lead, you must serve. And Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Offer our lives as living sacrifices. And the one I want to look at this morning is growing in humility. And that's another oxymoron or paradox. Growing in humility. Humility is, is to lower yourselves. Growing is to increase. So to grow in humility is actually to create space for God's grace that will empower you to run your race and do what he's called you to do. James 4 verse 6 says, But he gives more grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God opposes the proud. Remember when Lucifer fell and became Satan, it was because pride was, was discovered in his heart. It's such an ugly thing. Pride is so ugly. 
so ugly. That's why God wants us to continue to be challenged to grow in this awesome virtue called humility. So what, what does pride look like? This is how ugly pride is. And please don't think of anyone when I say these things. Pride comes in many forms. Pride, pride is so ugly. Pride is not teachable. Pride is not teachable. Pride is an interrupter. Pride doesn't listen. It has no ears. Pride is easily offended. Pride is easily angered. Pride shows off. Pride is a fault finder. Pride is not interested in others. Pride looks like this. If I'm talking to someone here, they're talking to me. I've got pride. They're talking to me and I'm behind my back, reloading, ready to fire back what I want to say. I'm not even interested in what this person is saying. I'm more interested in what I'm saying. Pride looks like that. It's like blah, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, that's what I've got to say. Pride, pride says, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. It's ugly, eh? It's really ugly. That's why God wants us to grow in humility. Pride always talks about me. Pride is a name dropper. <laughs> the center of the word pride is the letter I, just as it is in the center of the word sin. I is the center. Me, I'm the center. Everything revolves around me. I elevate myself over someone. I think I'm actually better than other people. That's how ugly pride is. God wants us to walk in humility. What does humility look like? Humility serves. Humility knows what it is to lay down one's life. That's love. Humility gives. Humility will honour. Humility will give preference. The Bible says to esteem one another higher than yourself. Can you see how the world looks different to the ways of the word? Because his way is the way that we live. That's why he said, as I just read before, his ways are so much higher than our ways. How high? As high as the heavens to the earth. And I know none of us here can measure that. So if his ways are higher, then his ways is the highway that we are to travel our life on that will help us get to the place where God wants to call us to. The number one song, I think I've said this before one time, they say the number one song in hell is, I did it my way. <laughs> and that's by a guy called Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I like Frank Sinatra. New York, New York. Blue eyes, you know. <laughs> So God opposes the pride, but he gives grace to the humble. At the beginning, we said, grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. If we want to grow in the grace, we've got to receive the grace. How do we receive the grace? We grow in humility. We deal with the pride issues that are in us. We become more selfless and more godlike. Jesus was the humblest person. Get such a word, humblest. 
Do you understand what I mean? He was so humble to the point that he gave his life for you and I. God opposes the pride. He even hates a haughty look. It says that in Proverbs. Even a proud, snobby kind of look, the Bible says he hates. It talks about hating six things. One of them is a haughty look. Why? Because it means somebody is self-elevating above another person. And that's not on. The world may do that, but the word doesn't do that. Two different things. The word's way and the world's way. His way, which is so much higher than our way. C.S. Lewis, a great author, said, Humility is not thinking of yourself less, but thinking less of yourself. That's pretty nice. A life centered on self will eventually draw us away from the purpose and the calling of God. God's all about togetherness, the body of Christ, the family. Jesus went with his parents and was obedient and submissive and subject to him. Even God himself, the incarnate Christ, God in the flesh, knew what it was to submit to his parents, understood what it meant to to heed the instruction, to follow the instructions of his parents. He was so humble, he was the, the creator of all things, yet here he is, which we saw in the production the other week, washing the feet of disciples. Remember, walking in humility is serving, it's honouring, it's giving, it's esteeming someone else higher, regardless of how we feel. Grow in humility. There's a paradox. Grow in humility. And that gap between growing and lowering is a space for God's grace, which he'll give you to do what he's called you to do. It's enlarging our inside by developing that God-like character of humility. Jesus spoke about his cousin. I have a lot of cousins. Jesus talks about his cousin here. Matthew 11, 11. Matthew 11, 11 says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He's saying that John the Baptist is the greatest person that ever walked. John the Baptist was such a great man because he was such a humble man. The, um, the disciples asked Jesus one time, who was the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus said, like this little child, one who becomes like a child will be the greatest. In other words, one who would take the humble place will become the greatest. The world has it upside down. That's why these guys were turning the world upside down by preaching the gospel to turn it right way up. John the Baptist, such an awesome guy. And Jesus, we know in the book of Isaiah, and the Messianic books prophesying the coming of Jesus, even John the Baptist, his cousin, was being prophesied in the book of Isaiah, way before, hundreds of years before he came. John the Baptist, he was such a bold person. He knew who he was. He knew the purpose and the calling that he was. He was humble. He was so secure that even when his own disciples went and followed Jesus, he remained secure. It didn't faze him. 
What are we like when things are taken from us or someone is better than us? John the Baptist knew his calling and he was devoted, he was dedicated. He was sold out to the purpose and the calling of God. And I want to reiterate again to that person this morning, get to a place where you become sold out for that which God has for you. John 25, oh, sorry, 25. John 3, verse 25 to 30. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, talking about Jesus, the one you testified about, look, he's baptizing. Now everyone's going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. He knew his calling. He wasn't intimidated. He didn't feel insecure that someone else was gaining his disciples. And this is what he said in, in 25. I'm sorry, in 27. A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. John knew what it was to receive his gift. He knew what it was to receive his calling, which was to be a forerunner for the Messiah, for Jesus. So true humility, what I'm saying here, true humility is really knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing who you are in Christ and walking that out. He, didn't, he wasn't worried about the approval of man. His whole life was all about being a forerunner for Jesus. John the Baptist, such a humble, humble servant of God. Growing and walking in humility will lead us to fulfilling God's plan for our lives. So we looked at knowing what we know, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. What you know is not enough. We need to balance that up with what we show. We've got to show what we know. And when we show what we know, that will, that will determine how we grow. God wants us to grow. God does not want us to remain the same this time next year. God wants us to grow. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Not just our Saviour. He becomes our Lord when we grow in the Word of God. He's our saviour indeed, but he's also our Lord. The last one, number four, is going. Going. Jesus told his disciples, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Go, I am sending you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. My king disciples. Everyone say, my king disciples. Turn to someone and say, you are called to my king disciples. That's right. My king disciples. See what I did there? My king disciples. The call of God to us is to my king disciples. It's to make disciples of my king, your king, Jesus. It's to go into all the world to preach Remember to preach to each. 
That's how we reach with what we do, as I shared earlier. Discipleship, in a nutshell, is following Jesus, is being a follower of Jesus. Some people say there are Christians and there are disciples. Discipleship is like fellowship and fellowship based on relationship, living under lordship as our act of worship, our lifestyle, our act of worship, living underneath lordship. Lordship is understanding ownership. Lordship is understanding that my life is not my own anymore, that I was bought with the priceless blood of the Lamb. Galatians 2.20 says, For I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And we've been talking about let people see Christ in us. Let people see Jesus in you. Matthew 28, 18-19, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be doing that tonight. I'd like to invite the team to come back, please. Mark 16, 15 to 16, another account of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is the mission that we do corporately, hence the word the Great Commission. He said to them, go into all the world, very similar, and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We've been looking at knowing, knowing who we are, knowing the Bible, and we've been seeing that knowing the Bible is not enough. We need to continue to be showing it, Showing is the image that we reflect. It's the image that we were created in. That's the image that people need to see. So we shine our light before men that they will see our good deeds and glorify God in heaven. That's Matthew 5.16. And that will determine our growing, which will lead us to the place that we are going to. And that place could be your workplace. It could be your family. It could be your school wherever that is where you are going. God wants to continue to equip you for the going. The gospel today, as I mentioned before, continues to spread. This morning I've been talking mainly to believers to grow in the word of God and also talking to unbelievers. If there are any unbelievers here or people that are exploring the things of faith, then I want to really encourage you to seek God. The Bible says that if you seek God with all of your heart, he will be found by you. Not seek church, not seek a ministry, not seek Christianity, but seek God. The Bible says if you seek him with all of your heart, he will be found by you. And I just have... um, every head bowed and every eye closed for just a second, thanks. If there's anyone here this morning that you may know God, you may know about him, but you don't know him. 
I want to encourage you that the message of the gospel is for you. We've been talking a lot about the Bible, but the message of the gospel is specific and tailor-made for you. And in a nutshell, the message of the gospel is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever, whosoever believes in him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. I'm going to keep it real simple this morning. If there's anyone like that here that wants to receive that, you want to make a decision in your heart. If anyone like that this morning, just with a show of your hands, and I'll just look around. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks for that hand, mate. Thank you. Does anyone here like that? Can look around one more time. If anyone wants to join that hand, I encourage you to make a bold step. And Lord, Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your amazing grace, Lord. We thank you for your gift of salvation, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for that heart this morning, Lord, that is receiving your gift of salvation, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your undying, unfailing, unconditional love toward us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless this person. And if there's any other people listening, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you empower them to grow and to become all that you have called them to be, Lord. We thank you for that purpose, that specific plan that you have for them, Father. Help them to know and to grow and to show your love in their lives as they grow, Father. We thank you, Father. And I'm just going to ask you just to repeat this prayer after me. And I'd invite this church family to join with me, please. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for raising on the dead, from the dead, Lord. Thank you that I can have new life. I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We have um, a Yes Text system here and a website that we have. If anyone here um, wants to, to text that number or to get onto that website, the number is 04888-26392. And the email is yes.metrochurch.org.au. And that's an awesome tool which will help you on your way. Um, you can tap into that. You can, you can also come back to the Connect Hub or come see myself. I'll be back there as well. And we would love, you, love for you to get on your journey of knowing who you are in Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, church.